You're about to listen to Johnny and Hawk, covering all things Oklahoma sports, from the prep ranks to the college level, as well as the Thunder and Minor League Sports Tulsa. Now, let's get to your hosts, Johnny Resendez and Dan Hawk. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another installment of Johnny and the Hawk podcast presented by News on 6. Johnny Resendez alongside Dan Hawk here in studio. And this one, my man, is going to be quite the doozy here. Listen, guys, everyone, it's been about a week and a half now, probably about two weeks since this news really broke out. The biggest bombshell in college football since the last time we did this. Absolutely. Since then, I mean, everyone in this state and in the state below us has had an opinion, strong and weak. Who, who do, everyone has an opinion on OU and Texas going to the SEC. And the dust hasn't settled either, Johnny. Like, it looks like this is far from over, and it's going to be coming out with more reports left and right as to where the rest of these teams fall. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, with uh, OU and Texas going to the SEC, well, let's get into, first off, try to organize our thoughts here. Let's first see what it means for OU and Texas and then what it will later mean for the Big 12 teams, mainly Oklahoma State. So with OU and Texas going to the SEC, I mean, if anyone who knows college sports knows that this is really about money. This isn't about prestige. This isn't about wanting to play the best of the best of the best. This is about money. SEC is going to bring in the money. NIL is already here, which not a lot of people are going to argue that NIL should have never been a thing. I think athletes who get who are exposed in the way that college athletes are deserve to get paid. That's not really the issue here. The issue here is the rich getting richer. And what you see in the SEC is you're getting more and more of the powerhouse teams, at least from a financial standpoint, could joining together and making this super conference and in turn is going to have a trickle effect on the rest of the entire sport. To me, though, it's going to have more of a trickle effect on the teams that are not in Power 5 conferences. I think the teams that are already in Power 5 conferences are probably safe, but it also depends on what conference you're going to be able to land in. Right now, it's a clear-cut winner that the SEC is the upper echelon and everybody's looking up to them. Can we, can we disagree on that one? No, you're completely right on the nail. And, I mean, there's no bigger loser in this whole thing than the other Big 12 schools. Um, I mean, we talk about, you know, OSU here in a little bit. But, I mean, you think about the rest of the Texas schools, Tech, Baylor, TCU, two of which are private Christian schools. Whether they go to the Big Ten, the, the, you know, I don't know if the whole academic thing runs with them. The AAU, correct. Yeah, and then you go to the Pac-12 well, is is two private schools going to really mesh well with the California schools in the Pac-12? Well, they already have a handful of private schools in the Pac-12, but I think the traveling side of things is a huge shakeup yeah. on how it's that's going to be. It'll be a huge culture difference, too. Completely different. I mean, you're you're I mean, I I know it's not really Pac-12 country, but you're from the Pacific Northwest. Correct. You know that area well in terms of the sports culture. I mean, the dichotomy between Texas and uh, you know, that part of the country, I mean, it's got to be polar opposite, isn't it? Yeah, the biggest difference is, like, try watching your games. Like, Pac-12 After Dark is a thing on ESPN, and when they kick off at 10.30 Eastern time, you're going to be up till like, 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning to try to finish a game. That also depends on if it goes into overtime and whatnot, and that is, you know, the tipping point right there. Like, how late are you going to stay up as a fan to watch those games? And then are you going to go to those games? 
Like, are you going to put the money forth to go to Washington State in Pullman, Washington, if you're TCU? Now, the 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 rich donors, yeah, they probably could get on their earlier jets, but the student athletes, fans, like their fellow classmates, that ain't happening. Let's be honest. I mean, you you went to a Big Twelve school with OSU. If you could travel, you would get a bunch of guys together, load up the minivan, and he- head head off on the road to Baylor or Tech or whatever. Yeah, Lawrence. I mean, you're a Texas boy, so that that would uh, that's a no brainer. You're not going to be going to Oregon and Oregon State to go watch your Oklahoma State Cowboys. Right. Lawrence was three hours away. I think Manhattan was another four. Uh, I mean, Fort Worth is a four-hour drive. Waco is about a five. Austin, five and a half, six hours. Norman's right down the street, basically. So the Big 12 was really a conference where they they all had each other's back in terms of like, okay, this is going to be a lot of – there's going to be a lot of – uh, geographic, it's going to make sense in terms of, like, w- you know, the fans and everything. You know, it, it was a good geographical conference for the most part. Um, but now, with, like, Texas and Oklahoma being just, they're leaving to the SEC, that has all completely gone to you-know-what. And uh, I feel like with some schools, it's going to be kind of easier f- for them to find a new home than most because let's be I mean before we get into anything else I think the Big 12 is done it's done I mean if you bring on the uh, other teams from the athletic to the Big 12 I mean sure but I don't think they're going to recover that much financially and you're meaning the American yeah the American yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's dead because my takeaway with this Bowlesby statement to ESPN that you better cease and desist Stop contacting our Big 12 teams. That was bad. I don't think you make those allegations if they're not true. Why would you make that? Because at the end of the day, where are your games going to be played on? They're either going to be played on Fox or they're going to be played on ESPN. Last I checked, you don't really tick off the employer that you're working with or that you're working for in this case. Why would you want to tick them off? I think he's got a valid statement because ever since that reports came out, we haven't heard much lately. Now, obviously, there's been some backdoor channeling with one another because obviously what happened today, the Big 12 has been in talks with the Pac-12, not saying that they're going to make a super conference, but merging or making an alliance with one another as far as scheduling goes and maybe divvying up the Arizona schools with the Texas schools. A lot is still on the table. I don't think it's going to be done. I don't think it's going to be done tomorrow. I don't think it's going to be done next week. I think this is going to be finalized and we'll have more of an idea once OU and Texas pick up their their suitcases, officially leave the Big 12, and join the SEC. And I think that's going to be before the 2025 Yeah, that's actually the point that I wanted to point out to you is does anyone really believe that they're going to stay until 2024? I mean, they've already... They've already proven themselves to be disloyal. Very and much everything. so. Um, do, like, does anyone really think that you know seventy million dollars for them is That's a hit? That's chump change. But it's it's chump change for the both of them, knowing that they could make they could easily make up for the money lost once they make it to the SEC 2022-2023, maybe. Um, knowing that, and also knowing that you know there's going to be a little bit of awkwardness within the next three, four, five years of just competing with the rest of the Big 12. I mean, it, it could be something to where, like, okay, this could be just one of those things where we got to get out of here. It's just going to be so awkward. I mean, it's going to be like seeing a girl you've seen at a party who dumped you, and now you're stuck with them for the next, like, few hours knowing that, okay, they got to leave. So, I mean. Basically meaning she needs a ride home 
and you have to give her that right. Yeah. But you're no longer dating anymore. Yeah. It's a very ugly, fluid situation. No, no, no. You're not. You're not. End. You're not giving her a ride home. You're giving her a ride to her other boyfriend's oh, right, house. Right. <laughs> correct. But you're still stuck giving her a ride either way, and right. that's the problem with all this. So now, Johnny, what do we do? I, I mean, what? I know this topic. We could talk for hours on this, and you know, I'd love to, but we don't have the time tonight. But you know, what do you do with this situation? Like, how do you feel? You know, and you'll give me your take and I'll give you my take, but how do you sum up what needs to be done with the remaining eight teams in the Big 12? Right. Well, like I said, some of them are going to have a little bit of an easier time finding a new home. West Virginia, I'm sure, if they go to the ACC and say, hey, can you let us in with Notre Dame? Maybe that could work. Iowa State to the Big 10 feels like a no-brainer. Culturally, they're there. I think academically they fit the mold. That's going to be a seamless transition. Should the Big 12 leave, uh, like just completely dissolve, dis- dissolve which I think will, um, Texas Tech could easily go to the Pac-12. I think for them it may be one of those things where, you know, it's Pac-12 or mid-major for them, so they're just going to get whatever they want. Um, TCU and Baylor I think is going to be really one of those that are just like, oh, man, what's going to happen to them? Uh, Kansas, they've already made moves to try to go to the Big 10. They fit the mold academically. I mean, it's going to be one of those things. Kansas State, I heard from what, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Kansas State, where they're going to go. Um, Because, I mean, for the most part, Kansas State doesn't have any attractive sports where they're like, okay, we need the Kansas, they got Kansas basketball. It's like, okay, that's Kansas. Football team may be a liability on the field, Um, but Kansas foot, Kansas basketball is where it's at. Whereas in Kansas State, what do they really have to pitch to the other conferences? So that could be something concerning for the K State. And what do you and, do with Baylor? <laughs> oh, Baylor, and uh, I mean Baylor. You got another private institution. Another private institution, but think about this: they've got a world-class basketball team. Just they won got, the national title. They got a. Uh, how funny is that? <laughs> they got um, they got a pretty decent football program. One that's kind of bounced back pretty well. From the Art Brile stuff. And then you got TCU with a really good, I think is a solid football program with Gary Patterson. Um, he's getting know, up in age, though, and he's been there for a while, but I still think he's the proper leader for that program, right. depending on whatever conference they end up in. Right. Solid baseball program, you know, on and off basketball program. TCU, though, is pretty good. It's just more of the, that cultural thing as of where they go as a private Christian institution. And then we got OSU. Now, there's been already talks about the Pac-12. That's been going on for a while now, OSU to the Pac-12. Uh, there's been talks about the Big Ten. OSU is going to be one of those things. I mean, if if we're being honest, the pecking order of attractive teams outside of Texas and Oklahoma, I think Oklahoma State is third right there in most attractive teams. Obviously, if we're being honest here, it doesn't bring up as much as OU. Definitely not Texas. I think Texas is number one, actually, in uh, the money they bring. But OSU could easily, you know, I think the default option could be going to the Pac-12. Um, the Big Ten, if they're willing to kind of, uh, I guess, pardon that uh, A, what is it called? A- AAU. AAU uh, thing, then, you know, I-, I could see OSU culturally fit in the Big Ten pretty seamlessly. Um, but, you know, I've heard also some things that maybe, just maybe, that within the next few years – Right at when the TV deal expires, OSU is going to probably do enough to 
uh, convince the SEC, hey, you know what? Let's make these super conferences. Let's make these 30, you know, Do you really 20... believe that or do you, do you, I mean, do you really? I don't believe it. I don't. Okay. But this is just me thinking like uh, best case scenario for OSU is like, hey, you know what? You guys, let's, let's get them all. SEC, come one, come all. Except, you know. <laughs> because it just means more. Remember their slogan. It just means it just more. just means more, yeah. I did find everything that you said pretty fascinating though because you did not mention anything about the American conference. Uh, like, do you not think that the American has a chance to gobble up some of these teams or they leave the American to make a new Big 12? Or do you just not think there's they, they have that sexy backing behind them? Uh, I mean, I feel like some of them, like Houston, Cincinnati, UCF, some other group of five schools, you know, could easily be Power 5. But if we're talking about the money... Because, like I said, most of this is really about money. This isn't about traditions. This isn't about you rivals. Know, rivalries. It's. I mean, we're starting to get way past that from college football. And this move from Texas to OU to the SEC is, I think, a reflection of that. Now with, you know, the, the American, uh, a lot of these teams thinking about, you know, oh, come with us or we'll go to you and everything. I mean, just the, the money that they might make is going to be nowhere near – what they could make had Texas and Oklahoma stayed. So that could be a big turnoff with a lot of these uh, programs that are still stuck in the Big 12 who really relied on OU coming to town, on Texas coming to town. Not saying that, you know, OSU really, really was, like, dependent on OU because I I don't think anyone who lives in the state knows that it was more of a, you know, as much as, you know, people like to say that OSU was a little brother, it was a little bit of a half-and-half half thing in terms of, you know, popularity. My my biggest issue with this whole thing, I went to a small school, even smaller than some would say like Oklahoma State, compared to the rest of the Big 12 or some of the teams in the Big 12, you've told me before that OSU feels a, bit, a little bit smaller than the OU and the Texases and whatnot. Yeah. My biggest issue with this whole realignment, this is totally different than the last time we did realignment because to me it's like if you're not – a big school, if you're a little school like a Boise State or a San Diego State or a Colorado State or a Houston or an SMU, you don't matter. And to me, that's the biggest problem that I have with all this realignment this time because there are programs that are out there. Like Cincinnati has proven it for the past three to four years that they belong. I mean, you can't go against what they've been able to do on the field. And to see them not being discussed a part of this conversation it's frustrating, you it, know. It, it's very, very frustrating because it's an, it's an entire trickle effect of college football. It, that's exactly right. You know, look, I went to Boise State. I'm proud to be an alumnus of Boise State, but we're not talking about the Boise State of the glory years of the Kellen Moore. They're not the same Boise State. They're still good. I'm not saying that they're not, but they're not. You know, people were afraid to want to play them, whether it was at their place or on the road. You didn't want to play a Boise State because they were that bag of tricks team that's going to throw a Statue of Liberty play at the last, you know, minute. Sorry, Oklahoma, but I mean that's just the way it is. But I think as a whole, this isn't good for college football. It's all about keeping up with the Joneses, and it's all about making money. And I think it's going to be a pitfall for years to come with this because what about recruiting? What do you tell kids that are recruits now that are at a high school that were committed to go to OSU or committed to go to OU or Texas, and maybe they didn't want to play in the SEC? Because let's be honest, whether you and I agree with it or not, 
the powers to be and people that watch college football, they think the SEC is better than everybody, even though I really feel like it's a top-heavy conference. And you might not be a kid that's going to get a shot on the field in the SEC where you could have had a shot if you would have went to a Baylor or a Texas Tech instead. But now you have this whole SEC thing. And we didn't even – we haven't even dived in on the aspect – How's this going to change NIL moving forward? Because Nick Saban's already said his quarterback, who hasn't even played it down, is making six figures already. Explain this one to me. I mean, it's going to be – you're going to have players who are going to feel a lot more empowered. You're going to have, you know, institutions who are going to care less and less about rivalries, less and less about, you know, the tradition of college football. Um, and like I said, you're going to see with these realignments that it's all just going to trickle down and it's going to be a completely different product in about, I would say in the next two years, college football is going to be just a completely different product with NIL and the transfer portal, and now this. This is going to just be completely different. I mean, you think about the teams from yesteryear. If you think about the old Southwestern Conference, some of those teams that were there, SMU, Rice, Houston, they never recovered. They never recovered. Um, and they're still having problems recovering as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially SMU. But we're not going to get into all that. But that could be the fate of some of these teams, whether it's the Big 12 teams or some of the group of five teams. Because of this move, we could be seeing that. Now, like I said, a lot of this is really speculation. Most of what we're saying really is speculation because we just don't know what's going to happen. How is this going to turn out? How is, you know, how is Texas and Oklahoma going to perform in the SEC, you know? How is, I mean, money-wise, I'm sure it's going to be fantastic for them. Fabulous. You know, but like, you know, oh, you, you know, are they going to succeed regularly going up against the best of the best? Only time will tell on that one. You Texas, know. you know, I mean, short-term, knowing their track record recently, I mean, I'm pretty sure they're not going to win that many games. But once recruiting is picked up, once they got more money, I mean, Long term, maybe is it going to be something sustainable? I mean, who knows? I mean, like, is the SEC just going to start picking up everybody? Like Clemson, Florida State, you could come to the SEC. Like, what's going to happen? As far as geography goes, I, I don't that... like the SEC move with Texas and OU, but it does make some sense because remember, you have Missouri already in there. You have Texas A&M. Texas A&M's not happy. We don't need to even go down that <laughs> hallway because we know how angry they are and pissed that the fact that Texas is in the SEC. But it, it, as far as geographic, it does make sense for OU and Texas to be in it. Now, with that said, it doesn't really make sense for OU to be playing in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, to taking on the Crimson Tide. But only time will tell with that. My biggest complaint with all this is it's called the Power Five. No and more. ever since we've had this power five with this four-tier playoff system, it's been a sham, in my opinion, the whole time. Because there's six power five conferences. Six. That means every year one of these power fives, and I'm not even talking about the, the small conferences like the AAC, the Mountain West, and so forth. The not, uh, the, there's always one team that's left out in the cold on this one. Lately, been that beautiful Pacific Ocean Conference called the Pac-12. Every year they put in a team or they try to say, oh, this is the team, and they've struggled when they've played in that playoff situation. Hopefully with the new realignment, this a broadened range of playing in a bigger playoff aspect I think could help save college football in some capacity. Yeah, the 12-team playoff may That's be right. beneficial now that this move happened. Um 
But well, it's got it's only a wait and see. Like, what is it going to look yeah, like? Yeah, what is it going to look like? Are there going to be automatic qualifiers for conferences? Right, like, right. Conferences. Are we going to even be talking about that by the time the 12-team playoff comes along? Or do we go back if an Alabama has a loss in conference and they lose their division and they yeah. don't even win How's the strength the of schedule going to be? That's right. So do we even get the chance to see a Tulsa who ran the table this last season? Yeah, I understand they st- uh, stumbled in the conference title game against Cincinnati, but does the Cincinnati of that winner, do they get a shot in this playoff thing? You know, how's it going to be unfold? It's still too, too to be determined. Right. It's that. it's the rich getting richer and the poor, quote-unquote, just staying put right there. Uh, and it's kind of – there's no equity in college football. We've always – everyone who's, like, watched it always talks about that. But you kind of – if you're a fan, you kind of feel frustration because – College football is unlike any other of the pro sports in the sense that tradition and rivalries are a priority. Because, I mean, not anymore. You could talk about a little bit about the NHL. They got some nice traditions and everything. Obviously, the Steelers and Ravens love each other. Right. Well, in the NFL, like, you still got those rivalries, but, like, it's at the end of the day, some of them is kind of like it feels corporate in a way. Um, That's a good analogy. Baseball, it's more of like the, the, the regional aspect, yeah, regional aspect, and then you got the the pizzazz, the pageantry of mm-hmm. the past of the game is what kind of gives it the little the prestige and the atmosphere. And then basketball, like I said, the past and everything. And you know, basketball is more of a star driven league, so it's apples to oranges. But college football and really college sports in general was derived on tradition and. Rivalries, And with that, this new age coming in where money is the topic, that could all be gone. And uh, it could be a completely different product than what we're used to. And honestly, Dan, I don't know. I don't I don't like the direction that college football is going. No, I, I definitely don't like the direction. And with that, I do believe the Big Ten and the Pac-12, they're sitting back and they're waiting for this dust to settle because they're going to make a move. I don't know what it's going to be, but they are going to make a move. Yeah, Texas and OU to the SEC. The SEC is laughing at everybody else right now, let's be honest. But I do believe the Big Ten, as well as the Pac-12, and maybe even the AAC, they're going to be making a move and something is going to happen. Who knows? Maybe the remaining eight teams, not all of them, but maybe a handful of them or one or two of them go to the American, and that now becomes a power five. Right. I mean, there there's too much on the table right now. It's not going to be solved in one day. But it's funny. It all comes down to not wins and losses anymore. It comes down to what have you done for me lately? And how sexy do you look on that field to bring me more money? To make matters worse, also, I'm looking at this article from Mark Ryan, the assistant program director of ESPN Upstate, reports that Clemson and Florida State have reached out to the SEC. So, it's just insane. Are we re- I mean, the, the the direction that this is going, where I, I, I remember I tweeted something out where this is turning into, like, what the Super League in soccer, if you're a fan of soccer, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The Super League that almost happened, that would have destroyed the sport of soccer, that is coming into fruition right now with football. Really, I mean, with, I mean, it's, it's going to have a trickle effect on all of college athletics, but this is really about college football at the end of the day, and it, it, I mean, it feels like it's it's becoming a war of like the nostalgic traditionalists 
who love the sport because of everything that it came by with the pageantry and everything of the rivalries and everything versus I guess now, you know, it's being driven more and more by money. And I get it. Financially, this was the best move for Oklahoma and Texas. I get it. Big 12 was in turmoil before then. I get that from a business standpoint. Yeah, I get you. But I mean, we're seeing this report right now of Clemson and Florida State reaching out to the SEC. And falling on to that report, Brett McMurphy also tweeted out that Kansas to the Big Ten is imminent. West Virginia in official talks with the ACC. Mm. Louisiana Tech and Louisiana in talks with the Big 12. Really? And obviously the report you read as well, FSU and Clemson have contacted SEC about joining the league. And then finally he says the AAC will raid the Big 12. So if all these happen... The one thing I say that is going to happen is probably the Big 12 is going to dissolve, which in a lot of ways is really sad because look at what the Big 12 – I mean, the think Big about eight, the history. Look at the teams eight, that all Southwestern. were in this conference together. Look at this conference, what it used to be. You had a Missouri. You had a Nebraska. You had a Texas A&M. You had a Texas and an Oklahoma. And now, look at them. They're all gone. They're no longer a part of – this Big 12 conference anymore. And it's just, it's crazy. And I understand for Oklahoma side of things, they've dominated this conference as far as football goes. So for their aspect of all this, it's kind of like, what else do we need to prove on the football field? With that said, though, what are we going to do with the remaining programs that are not in the SEC? What do you do with wrestling? Because I don't know about you, I know you're a Cowboy fan as a whole, and you follow your Oklahoma State Cowboy wrestling program. You really think if the Big 12 somehow stays afloat, do you really think the Big 12 is going to be like, yeah, sure, Oklahoma, you could leave just your wrestling program in the Big no, 12? No, I mean, even the I mean, Pac-12 wrestling compared to Oklahoma State wrestling. With Big I 12, mean, correct. That, that That's an issue. I mean, if you're talking about what's best for OSU wrestling, that sport. You know, it may not be a revenue sport, but it's still a big legacy sport in OSU. I mean, you got the Big Ten right there. I mean, you got Penn State. You got Iowa, obviously, big-time rival, even though it may be different conferences. In the wrestling world, that's a big-time thing right there. Ohio State, I mean, there's, like Michigan. I said, there's more. Oh, yeah, Michigan for sure. There's way more at stake here for all the sports and it could be something that looks completely different for college athletics. And it's all going to be driven by football because that's the big money maker right. there. Uh, I don't know. This is this is much more sad. This, this is the death of tradition, Dan. And this is much more sad than the death of kayfabe if, for all the wrestling fans sure. out there. Kayfabe is dead. It's been long dead. And now with college football, it's going to be more and more looking like a professional league, and a, pretty, one- a pretty inequitable fashion, uh, professional league. And I don't know. It's just going to just it's gonna suck for like the teams um like osu like you know even the baylor's like the, the baylor's and everything where they could it's programs where they go up against the big dogs like oklahoma and texas and it brings in a lot of fans and it brings in a lot of excitement and occasionally they do win and it's a big deal for them i mean the days of, i mean you remember the bcs uh era if you make a uh, New York Six Bowl, that is a tremendous deal. You, That is a tremendous deal. But now even the bowl games don't mean anything no. anymore. Like, do you really care? 
I know you watched it, but do you really care at the end of the day if Oklahoma State wins the Cheez It Bowl or not? No. Like, does the prestige even matter in that bowl game? Now, last year was a different story with the COVID era and whatnot. You were just happy to make a bowl game, but at the end of the day, like, does it matter if you would have won or lost that game? Mm-hmm. Realistically, no, it does not matter. Uh, the 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 final wrapping up of this that I think could also have implications and possibly we could see this is what happens if we have a two tier champion or a three tier championship. So you have the FCS, which is the Montana's, you know, uh, the, the very small North Dakota schools, State, Sam Houston State, and so forth. What happens if you have another tier championship for these AAC teams, the Mountain West teams? The uh, Sun Belt teams, they have a championship. And then you also have the, uh, you know, the official Power Five championship as well. Maybe that will come into play. Because I do think smaller schools are tired of being pushed around and not getting their own no more. And this is another aspect of this. But as a small school guy like myself, some ways I find it funny because you guys as OSU fans and Baylor and TCU and so forth, you're now not a part of the party no more. Because if you're not in the SEC, it don't matter. That's Mm -hmm. the way we're looking at this. With that, camps are starting. TU kicks off their fall camp coming up tomorrow. OSU and OU, I believe they're slated for this week, later in the week. You ready to have some football finally back and see how this dust will will settle? Glad that football is finally back. I'm so glad that football is back. Uh, there's still a lot of you know question marks going given that like COVID cases are rising, but for the most part, it's probably going to be the football that we're used to: tailgates, big crowds, big excitement, in all levels, college, foot, college, uh, high school, and pros. I mean, I can't wait for like the high school games to come back here around the area and all the excitement that comes back, and then just the college games. It's going to be so awkward with this whole expansion thing, but regardless. I'm a sucker, okay? I'm still going to watch. I'm still going to watch. And so, at the end of the day, you're really excited about Bedlam this year, aren't you? Yes, yeah, because... Knowing uh, that it's in Stillwater. Yeah, I mean, I, mm, I don't know if excited's the word, <laughs> but... Countdown? Can we just count down every a, day? It could be a countdown because Bedlam, I think, their days of the rivalries numbered. So enjoy it while it lasts. But, yeah, I'm just so glad for... for Football to just come back. I mean, if there's one thing you would say about TU and what to expect from them after having such a great season, I mean, Dan, you've been around that team probably more than anyone in this building. I mean, what's your expectations? I see TU doing what they did this past season with their defense. I I think there's still going to be lights out, even though Zayvon Collins is going to be gone. I think Jackson Player is definitely going to step up and – Fill that void. I'm not saying he's going to replace the void of Zayvon Collins. Because, I mean, I, I know you watch Zayvon from afar, and you're like, man, this guy is a freak with what he's been able to do. Um, but I think players definitely going to be someone that you're going to want to watch out for. And then Davis Brent under center for the for the Golden Hurricane. Here's a guy that sat behind Zach Smith, came into that Tulane game, and had those freakish passes to come down to the wire to win it for the Golden Hurricane. I think they're going to be exciting this year to watch. If they have a down year, I'd be very shocked and very surprised. Absolutely. Well, that's going to be about it for this episode. Tune in in about a week and a half. Football season is coming back, as we said, so 
get it used to hearing our voices a little bit more once football season comes. Until next time, for Dan Hawk, I'm John Resendez. We will see you guys later. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Remember, you can follow Johnny Resendez as well as Dan Hawk on Twitter. Until next time, thanks for listening to Johnny and the Hawk. Also, for all the latest Oklahoma sports, check on newson6.com.